have your Bibles this morning, and I trust that you do. If you can open with me to the Gospel of John chapter 8. The Gospel of John chapter 8. We're going to be in verses 12 through 30 today. So welcome to week 23 of our Gospel of John series, where we are walking week by week through the Gospel of John. And before we dive in together today, I want us to begin with some very enlightening May I even say, maybe even deep questions for us today. So here are some enlightening questions for us this morning. How many evolutionists does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is just one, but it will take millions of years. How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is one, but it really has to want to change. How many real men does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is none. Real men aren't afraid of the dark. How many jugglers does it take to change a light bulb? Only one juggler, but it takes at least three bulbs. How many narcissists does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is just one. He holds the light bulb and the world revolves around him. How many chiropractors does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but it takes six visits. (laughs) How many board meetings does it take to get a light bulb changed? This topic was resumed from last week's discussion, but it's incomplete pending resolution of some actions items. It will continue next week. There we go. How many Floridians does it take to change a light bulb? We don't know for sure. We're still counting. That never gets old. 20 years later, here we go. And how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Change? We will never, ever change. There we go. Said as a Baptist. So in the midst of some of these enlightening questions, we come this morning to the second of seven I am statements from the mouth of Jesus. The declaration from Jesus is that he is the light of the world. And it's not a coincidence that the first time the universe heard the uttered words of God, God did not say, let there be love, let there be joy, let there be peace. No, the voice of the sovereign one said, let there be love light. The meaning is this. God always begins by turning the light on. Let me say it again. God always begins by turning the light on, whether it be um, in our own world or whether it be in our own hearts. Life requires light. Faith requires light. But let me just say this. We cannot deny that we live in very dark times. Maybe our world isn't as dark as it could be, but it is still darkened by the consequences of the wages of sin all around us. Our our world is darkened by death, immorality, idolatry, spiritual apathy, moral relativism. Our world is darkened by racism, pornography, false prophets, watered-down preaching, hypocrisy, unbridled consumerism, materialism. Our world is darkened by religious extremism, terrorism and war, discord, division, strife, hatred, unforgiveness, violence, jealousy, intolerance, and unbelief. Did I miss anything? Probably Um, But the picture is our world is darkened by so many things. And while we cannot deny this canopy of disillusionment and darkness that hovers over our world, there must be something that we can hope in and there must be something that we can hope for. 
There must be a light that can shine into our darkness. And thankfully, praise be to God, Jesus comes to us in our text this morning as light. And not just light for a time, and not even just light for a certain place. He comes as the eternal, illuminating light of the entire world. He's the light of the world. In the words of John Piper, Pastor John Piper says this, Jesus being the light of the world means the world has no other light than him. If there is going to be light for the world, it will be Jesus. It means that all the world and everyone in it needs Jesus as their light. It means that the world was made for light. This is not a foreign light. This is the light of the owner of the world. So the whole world needs the light of the world. So let's dive in this morning and behold this light and hear him today. And I pray that if there's any darkness in us, if we are hiding in the darkness, that today would be a day that that, that darkness is exposed and that we would run today to the light. If you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor God's word. We're going to read verses 12 through 30 together. And it says this, beginning at verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sin, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today to, to your powerful living word. And Lord, we ask today that you would lead us and guide us into all truth, Lord. Speak, O oh God, for we are listening. Open our eyes that we would see wonderful things from your word.
today. Jesus, open our eyes. Jesus, illuminate us with your light. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. So just think about this amazing claim from Jesus. I am the light of the world. Now here's what we know. In the Old Testament, the people of Israel were delivered by the power of God from Egyptian bondage. They were freed by God's power. And God uh, led them throughout the wilderness, 40 years of wilderness wandering. God led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So for the children of Israel to follow this light was literally to follow the Lord. So they followed this light, and they, in doing so, they were following the Lord. To celebrate all of this, as we've been looking at since John 7, the Jewish people celebrated what was called the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. It was a week-long campout where they would basically camp outside. They would build tents. They would live in those tents to remind themselves of God's provision for his people during those 40 years. But during this week-long feast and this week-long camping trip, I guess, in the, the temple courts, what was called the Court of the Women, there were large candelabras that would uh, lit. They were lit every single night, and they would give light all throughout Jerusalem, reminding the people that God had led them for 40 years by a pillar of light. It was said that there was no place in Jerusalem that was not bright from those lights. So it lit up all Jerusalem. They could look to the temple. It was lighting up everything. They were reminded of God's provision, God's leading. And it was with this backdrop that Jesus stands up in the temple and says, I am the light of the world. Yet strangely enough, those who Jesus were exposing immediately began to fight against him. So in the middle of this amazing declaration the pharisees start screaming in verse 13 you're testifying about yourself and what you're saying isn't true and jesus responds in verse 14 i know where i came from i know where i'm going and you don't know either of those things so what's really happening here what's happening in these verses one pastor put it this way maybe the best way to unpack what jesus is saying is to think briefly about genesis chapter 1 Here's what happens in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says the state of the universe was formless, dark, and void. Then in Genesis chapter 3, we have the Spirit of God hovering over the waters, and God says, let there be light. So from that one sentence, what was formless became formed. What was void became filled with life, and what was dark became light or darkness was put on its hills in that moment and so when jesus says i am the light of the world he is making some claims that were unacceptable for those who refused to believe in him and this is a massive threat to their existence because hear this you're going to hear it again jesus is literally saying again and again throughout the gospel of john i am god i am god I am God, and if you want to get to the Father, you better go through me. You have to go through me. So when Jesus is saying, you can say that my testimony is false. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. He's saying, I was there. He's saying, I was there when it happened. I was there at the beginning. When the words came, let there be light, I was the one who said them. It's what Jesus is saying in this moment. He is challenging them. Basically, what Jesus is saying is this. 
I know where things came from, and I know where everything is headed. And here's the question for us. Well, where is it headed? Where is everything headed? According to Revelation 22.5, it says this, and night will be no more. They will need no light or of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So there is coming a day where there will be no more sun, no more need for the sun, because we will see Christ face to face and hear this. He will be our light. He will be our sun. He will light the path for us in ways, better ways than the sun illuminates our light and our lives today. We won't need anything to reflect light because the light of the world will be in our midst and he will reign forever and ever. And yet, even now, don't miss this. He is our light and our salvation. He is our light and our salvation, the only light. So let's unpack this morning three realities that that rise up from these verses. The first reality I want us to look at is this. Number one, the claim of Christ. The claim of Christ. C.S. Lewis once said, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the, the Son. Not because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Not just because I see the sun, but because the sun allows me to see everything else. So now hear the words of Jesus. I am the light of the world. This is one of John's favorite descriptions of Jesus in his gospel. That he is light. John describes Jesus this way 22 times in the gospel of John. So when Jesus stands up in the temple and says, I am the light of the world, he's identifying him identifying himself, excuse me, not just as the Messiah, the one sent from God. He is identifying himself as God. He's saying, I am God. Every time Jesus uses those two words, I am, it could have easily been interpreted as heresy. Because these two words, I am, spoken together are holy. These two words are a picture of who God is. And we're going to look at more uh, these two words next week when we get and we hear Jesus say before Abraham was I am but Jesus is once again claiming to be God over and over again throughout the gospel of John you hear people all the time say well Jesus never claimed to be God well read the gospel of John Amen. over and over and over again the people who heard him understood what he was claiming but listen to what he's saying Jesus is saying this I'm the only light of the world The world has no other light but me. Jesus is saying this. It's either me or it's darkness. There is no alternative. There is no other light. Hear this today, brothers and sisters. Outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, a person is in what the Bible calls the domain of darkness. If they do not have Christ, they are living in darkness. When we come to Christ, The Bible says in Colossians, we are transferred out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, into the kingdom of light, meaning we go from darkness into marvelous light. If you are an unbeliever in this room, or if you know unbelievers, here's the deal. They are still walking in darkness. They're walking in darkness. You can see some things, but you can't ever see what's ultimate. It's like walking in a a room that's familiar when it's dark. 
one of the things that I, I, people used to tell me all the time, and, and it's coming true now, they would say, they'd say, and I don't want to get too much into this, but the, the older you get, the more you use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Just saying it's a reality in, in my life. And a couple, week, a couple weeks ago, I get up to use the restroom. Well, we had this little furball, seven-pound dog who sleeps in the bed with us, and he is getting the habit now of if we get up, he wants to be right with us. And it was the first time of him really doing it. So I get up to use the bathroom. I come back in the room. I didn't realize he was underneath me. So I step on him. He yelps. I um, try to fall all over the place. I ended up getting my little toe right on uh, the, the, uh, right on the bed. Just little toe. I thought it was gone. Like, you ever, you ever hit your toe in such a way you thought your toe is gone? Like, I lost it. I don't know where my toe is, but it can't be on my foot. That's how hard I hit it. But I had a decision to make. The dog had yelped, but I'm like, if I yelp, Misty will kill me because I'll wake her up, and it won't end well for me. So, of course, um, I kept my mouth shut. I got in the bed, and I cried myself back to sleep eventually. But here's the thing. Here's what I want us to understand tonight, or this morning, excuse me. No matter how familiar someone can be in their lostness, they're still lost. No matter how familiar you are with walking in darkness, you're still in darkness. And Jesus comes and he says, I am the light and the only light of the world. And don't miss that word world. Because John uses it 57 times in this gospel. The, world, the word world is only used 15 times in all the other three gospels combined. John wants us to know that Jesus came for the world. That he loves the world. Jesus was and is the light of the world. Don't miss it today. Don't, don't get it in your head that Jesus came just to be light to a group. No, Jesus came to be light to the globe. He came to give light to the world. Jesus is the global light for all nations, all races, all times, all places, all languages, all culture of people. What we know is our world has one physical light, the sun. Even the brightness of the moon is completely dependent upon the light of the sun. The sun provides light from people of all backgrounds. All languages, all nations of the world share the same sun. And from those who want to reject the light of the sun, they can. They can live inside. They can put up blinds. They can do darkening shades. They can try to hide from the sun. But none of their actions causes the light from being available to any who want it. Let me just say this. You and I, we can fight against the sun all we want to, but the sun is still shining. The sun is still radiating. And again, people can fight against Jesus all they want to, but he is still shining. And he is still the only light of the world. The question is, is he your light? Is he your light? Is, is he what allows you to see everything around you? This is the claim of Christ. He is the light and the only light of the world. Now, secondly, let's look at this, the call of Christ. Let's look at the call of Christ. The second half of verse 12 says this, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness only exists with the absence of light. You can't make a room darker by turning on the dark. No, the, the world is a dark place because people reject Jesus, the light of the world. Yet Christ here is saying, follow me. 
I am the light. Follow me. This isn't just a light to be looked at. This isn't just a light to be admired. Jesus is saying, I am the light that you have to follow. And when you follow this light, you follow me. So to follow the light is to follow the Lord. It's amazing to me how many Christians, or how many people claim to be Christians, but if you ask them this question, what does your life look like in terms of following Jesus? They're like, blah, 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 blah. it's like, no, if, if Christian means Christ follower, you can't call yourself a Christian if you aren't following Jesus. Simple as that. You can't just say, I follow Jesus because I'm a Republican. I follow Jesus because I'm a Democrat. I follow Jesus because I do this or do that. I follow Jesus because I'm a member of this church. No, are you following Jesus? Simple as that. Are you following him? Jesus says, I am the light. Follow me. You know, our world generally thinks of, of things in evolutionary terms, meaning the world thinks things are evolving to the better. Our world thinks things started off dark, um, things are improving, the future of humanity looks bright, is the way the world somehow sees it. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't teach that we're evolving, the Bible teaches that we're devolving. The Bible teaches that we started off good, walking in light, chose sin, and because of that, chaos reigns, and we walk in darkness. Jesus says the same thing again and again. You either walk in light or you walk in darkness, but don't miss what Jesus says. Jesus says that everyone will either accept him or die in their sins. Look at verses 23 and 24. You can see on the screen. He said to them, you are from below. I'm from above. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sin, for unless you believe that I am he, hear this, you will die in your sins. The unfortunate part is there, there are so many people who continue to walk in darkness, refusing to admit that they don't know the way. Let me unpack real quick two truths here, two things that we see in Jesus' audience. The first is the level of unbelief that has built up into these Pharisees. Right after Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, they try to catch Jesus in a contradiction. They, have to, they say, no, you're bearing witness about yourself. You can't be true. And this, of course, is coming from Jesus' own words in John 5, 31, where Jesus said, if I bear witness about myself, my testimony isn't true. But what Jesus was saying is this, I'm not bearing witness about myself alone. The Father is bearing witness about me. So think about what's happening here. The Pharisees aren't caring about context. John Piper puts it this way in a kind of an illustration we can understand. Here's a picture of kind of what's happening. He says this, think, think of me having a conversation with someone not from America, and we're discussing what we call flashlights in our countries. And this person says, well, we call them torches. And I say, well, I don't, we don't use the word torch. We call them flashlights. Well, the next day, I find that person lost in a totally dark and dangerous alley. So I run to them, and remembering our conversation, I say to them, I have a torch for you. Use this torch and get to freedom. Imagine that person looking at me and saying, you said you don't use the word torch. You're a liar, and I won't believe you. What should I say in response? I was speaking for your benefit, not for mine. But if that person were like the Pharisees, they would say, there is no torch here, and you're a liar. 
That's kind of the picture here. Oh, the reality of unbelief. But let me say this. When someone says to you, I don't believe in Jesus, there's two things, two pictures here, two ways, two statements to make to them. When someone says, I don't believe in Jesus, here's what you say. Number one, say this. So what you're saying is that you have dove in, you've read the Bible over and over again, and you've come to that conclusion? Because the, the world is filled with people who read the Bible again and again and came to the other conclusion, that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you're saying, I don't believe that Jesus is God, you're saying, you must be saying that you have studied, you have looked, you've dove into the Word, and you've come to that conclusion. Now here's what I know. Most people who say, I don't believe in Jesus, they've never read the Bible. They don't want to read the Bible. They don't, they don't want to believe in God because if they, if they believe in God. I listened to someone the other day who said this. He was asked this question. If you were given undeniable proof that there is a God, would you follow him? And the person said this. It depends on what he asked me to do. That is the world we live in. That's the world we live in. If God gave you undeniable proof, would you follow him? Well, it depends on what he asked me to do. And eventually he said this, it depends on if what he said went along with my opinions. What a messed up world we live in. The second thing to ask a person that says, I don't don't believe in Jesus, is this. Well, are you willing? Are you willing to? Because in John 7, 17, Jesus said, if anyone wills to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking of my own authority. Would you be willing to receive Jesus, would you be willing to understand and acknowledge him for who he is? And unfortunately, the Pharisees and many like them aren't willing to receive Jesus. Why? Because unbelief traps people in darkness. For the unbeliever today who feels like they're being talked to, understand this. The light of God is exposing darkness. That's what it does. But secondly, don't miss what they're willing to do to rid themselves of Jesus. We just read this. They would rather die in their sins than believe in Jesus. Did you hear that? They would rather spend eternity apart from Jesus in hell than to submit to him. And Jesus says this, unless you believe in me, you will die in your sins. Oh, the depths of unbelief. Oh, the depths of unbelief. What unbelief does. And yet Jesus, in his grace, comes to us and shines light upon us to lead us out of darkness into light. Let me say this this morning. Christian, in this room, if you are in this moment walking in darkness or hiding in darkness, it will end up in one of three ways. One of three ways. Number one, still being influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be convicted of your sin and you will repent, you'll confess, and you'll turn back to Jesus. Praise God. May that happen today. Secondly, God being rich in mercy, hear this, will out you. Meaning God being rich in mercy will expose your sin to everyone. He will out your sin so that you are humbled and that you will repent and confess and turn back to him. And then number three, and this is the hardest way, and this is to the child of God who's living in darkness, God will simply turn you over to sin to be destroyed by it. He'll just turn you over to be destroyed by sin. My role today is not to judge you, but to lay before all of us the calling of Jesus. Jesus is calling us today to come out of darkness and to run to the light. And I love how verse 30 ends. Many believed in him. 
Many believed in him. Don't be content with darkness. Hear the call of Christ today to come out of darkness, come to the light. Which leads us lastly to the cross of Christ. The last truth is the cross of Christ. Quickly, look at verses 28 and 29. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Verse 29, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I will always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, or when you have lifted up the Son of Man, to be lifted up is always a reference in the Gospel of John to Jesus being put on the cross. We see it in Gospel of John over and over again. When we, come to, when we come to John 12, Jesus is going to say, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to me. What Jesus is saying is this, the only way for you not to die in your sins is for me to go to the cross. It is the only remedy. Or let me put it this way. Jesus died for our sins so that we would not have to die in our sins. Let me say it again. Jesus died for our sins so that we would not have to die in our sins. There are only two options for us. And here's what Jesus is saying. When I go to the cross, then you will know that I am who I claim to be. When I go to the cross, you will know that I am who I claim to be. So the question becomes this. Well, did that happen? When Jesus went to the cross, did people come to know Jesus for who he claimed to be? And the answer is, some did. On the cross, there was a criminal there who said to Jesus, remember me today when you enter your kingdom. Remember me today. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Even at the foot of the cross, there was a Roman soldier who said, truly, this was the son of God. Fifty days later, after the resurrection, when Peter stands up in Jerusalem at Pentecost, 3,000 people came to believe in Jesus. Some believed. Some understood. The determining factor, listen, the beautiful thing about our lives, if you are in Christ, the determining factor of your life is not your past, it's Christ's past. Meaning the determining factor of my life is not what I have done, it's what Christ has done for me. Because of the cross, he defines my life. He defines my eternity. Later in the Gospel of John, I'm going to end this way. Jesus is going to say, I'm going to put it on the screen, John 12, 35 and 36. Jesus is going to say this. So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Let me end this way. Jesus Christ is the light of truth that dispels the darkness of falsehood. Jesus Christ is the light of wisdom that dispels the darkness of ignorance. Jesus Christ is the light of holiness that dispels the darkness of impurity. Jesus Christ is the light of joy that dispels the darkness of sorrow. And Jesus Christ is the light of life that dispels the darkness of death. Regardless of where you are this morning, do not stay in darkness. Turn to the light. Run to the light. Expose yourself to the light. And the light will change you. In fact, let me end this way. Remember the story we looked at last week of this woman who was caught in the act of adultery and brought to Jesus? It was grace. It was a story of grace. Because if not for the hatred 
and animosity of the Pharisees, this woman would have just died where she was. But instead, they, they had to trap Jesus, so they actually do this woman the best thing they could possibly do for her. They bring her to Jesus. And in bringing her to Jesus, hear this, she wasn't coming to Jesus to confess her sins. She wasn't coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need you. But she was at Jesus' feet. And the light began to expose her. And let me, let me tell you this. Understand this. See the beauty here? See the grace. The light exposed her so that the light could forgive her. And she walked away forgiven. The light exposes us, brothers and sisters, so that it can forgive us and cleanse us. May we let the light shine in on us today. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to call the Brother Frank and the musicians forward as we enter this time of invitation. And let us pray together. Father, we just rejoice in you, Jesus, as our light, the only light of the world. And Jesus, we ask that you would expose us, even today, to your light. There's any darkness in us, Jesus, expose that. Oh, light of the world, drive that out so that we might walk in light. As your word says, if we walk in the light, as you're in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of your son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Do that today, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.